الحمد لله نحمده ونستعينه ونستغفره ونعوذ بالله من شرور أنفسنا ومن سيئات أعمالنا من يهده الله فلا مضل له ومن يضلل فلا هادي له وأشهد أن لا إله إلا الله وأشهد أن محمدا عبده ورسوله اللهم صل على محمد وعلى آل محمد كما صليت على إبراهيم وعلى آل إبراهيم وبارك على محمد وعلى آل محمد كما باركت على إبراهيم وعلى آل إبراهيم في العالمين إنك حميد مجيد يا أيها الذين آمنوا اتقوا الله حق تقاته ولا تموتن إلا وأنتم مسلمون أما بعد فإن أصدق الحديث كتاب الله وخير الهدي هدي محمد وشر الأمور محدثاتها وكل محدثة بدعة وكل بدعة ضلالة وكل ضلالة في النار We begin by praising Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala We praise him and we ask his help and we seek his forgiveness and we seek refuge in Allah from the evil inside us and from the evil consequences of our bad actions. Whoever Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala guides, no one can misguide. And whoever Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala leads to go astray, no one can guide. I testify that there is no God to be worshipped but Allah and Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa our master, the messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa Brothers and sisters, the companions of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa were the most righteous of heart. They're the most deepest in knowledge. The most devoted people to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. As Sayyidina Abdullah ibn Mas'ud said, when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala created the creation, He looked into the hearts of His servants. And He found the heart of the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa to be the purest heart. And He chose him to be the, the last prophet. He chose him to be the prophet for all humanity. And then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala looked into the hearts of his servants and he found that the purest heart after the heart of the messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa were the companions of Allah. And that's why he chose him to accompany the messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa and establish his religion. Brothers and sisters, the companions of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa had a lot of teachings, a lot of standards, principles and values. And these values, brothers and sisters, must be implemented. If we're, really, if we're really looking, if we're really looking for the victory of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, the honor of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Brothers and sisters, when we listen or we hear, read about the companions of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa they should be a source, a source of honor, a source of motivation, a source of determination. These people, brothers and sisters, their lives were not easy. They did not have easy lives. As a matter of fact, the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa did not have an easy life. The Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa since he announced his prophethood to people, 
until he left Mecca to Medina and Quraysh persecuted him, took advantage of him, treated him really, really bad. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, He encouraged the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam during this time to be strong and patient. Look at the verses which Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala revealed that time. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said to the Messenger of Allah, Wasbir. Wasbir ala ma yaquluna wahjurhum hajran jameela. Be patient. Be patient with what they say and keep away from them in a good way. وَاصْبِرْ لِحُكْمِ رَبِّكَ وَلَا تُطِعْ مِنْهُمْ آثِمًا أَوْ كَفُورًا Be patient with what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala ordained for you and do not obey neither a sinner nor a disbeliever. The Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, brothers and sisters, in some of the ways which he was persecuted, he was one time praying by the Kaaba. And some of the noble people, the elite of Quraysh, they saw him. And they said, do you see that one? أَلَا تَرَوْنَ هَذَا الْمُرَائِ Do you see this one who is performing for show? Which one of you got to, to slaughter a camel and bring its filth and dirt and entrails and put it in the back of this man when he, when he puts his head on the ground? And the most wretched among them, he went and he slaughtered a camel and brought its filth and brought its blood and entrails and they put it in the head of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Filth were put into the head of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. That was the life of the Messenger of Allah. They said, the narration said they, was to, they start to laugh and make fun of the Messenger of Allah. They start to laugh and make fun of the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam to the extent that they start to lean over one another. They were laughing so hard. And listen to the Messenger of Allah saying, Wallahi, laqad ukhiftu fillahi wa lam yukhaf ahad. By Allah, I was threatened for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala at the time. No one, no one was threatened. By Allah, I was harmed for Allah at the time when nobody was harmed. 30 days and nights would pass by and the only thing they had, the only food they had, the only food Bilal and I had was some bites that Bilal hid under his armpit. The only food that I had for 30 days, 30 days, the only food that Bilal and I had was some, some bites that Bilal hid under his armpit. Can she eat food like that? Sometimes some, when, when brothers and sisters sometimes complain about, you know, so-and-so give me a hard time just because I'm a Muslim. Or so-and-so just treated me like that just because I have a scarf on. No, it's not. And even if it's true, here is the messenger of Allah, the most beloved by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, Habibullah. He was treated like that. And look at the companion of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam and how they were persecuted. Look at Bilal ibn Rabah radiallahu anhu. Bilal ibn Rabah, as Abdullah ibn Mas'ud said, the first seven people to proclaim their Islam was the Messenger of Allah, Abu Bakr, Ammar and his mother Sumayyah, Suhaib, Bilal and Al-Miqdad. But Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala protected the messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa through his uncle. And he protected Abu Bakr as-Siddiq through his strong claim, or strong tribe, strong family. 
As for the rest of them, Wallahi, Quraysh took them. And they armed them in, in armor made of iron and they melted them in the sun. And all of them give Quraysh what they want. By uttering some words of disbelief, except Bilal ibn Rabah. Wallahi, he preferred death over uttering something of disbelief or uttering some words of disbelief. See, they extend it. they used to take him and they used to bring the kids and they throw them with rocks. And the only thing that Bilal used to say, Ahadun Ahad. Allah is one. God is one. God is one. Bilal ibn Ramah did not have a strong family to protect him. He did not have a strong tribe to aid him. As a matter of fact, he was hardly considered to be a human being. He was hardly considered to be a human being. He was treated according to the, to the mindset of Quraysh. He is just there to serve and obey. And to be bought and sold like life is taught. But see how Islam transformed people from the darkness of slavery to be a master, a master from being a slave to the point that the Messenger of Allah said, Ya Bilal, Wallahi, I hear your footsteps in Jannah. Wallahi, I hear your footsteps in Jannah. Bilal ibn Rabah. Later on when they migrated to Medina, people used to see the, the back of Bilal ibn Rabah and they used to see all these slashes. Because they left scars on his back. And they used to say, Ya Bilal, we remember these days. How did you bear this torture? And he used to say, listen carefully to what he said. Because this is what we're missing nowadays. He said, Wallahi, I tasted the sweetness of faith. I tasted the sweetness of faith. And I tasted also the torture, the, the punishment of the Quraysh. But the sweetness of faith overcame everything else. Allahu Akbar. How many times do we actually taste that? How many times we tasted the sweetness of faith? Because faith as the messenger of Allah has a taste. Some people find it in Qiyamul Layl. Some people find it in prayer. Some people find it in, in being generous, being obedient to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Look at Khabbad al radiallahu And Khabbad was not a slave, but he was from a really low level. He was employed by a woman called Ummu Anmar. And he was a blacksmith. Khabbab embraced Islam with the 42 Sahaba who embraced Islam in the first three years of the prophethood of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam. The woman, his boss, she used to go and bring a piece of iron and she used to put it in fire. And, and, and she used to take this iron and put it right on his head a few times a day. Can you imagine that? And he went to the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wasallam and they told him what, he, what happened. And Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam said to him, he said to him, Ya, ya Khabbab, be patient. And he made dua. He supplicated for him. He says, Allahumma ansur Khabbaba. Allahumma ansur Khabbaba. Oh Allah, grant him victory. Oh Allah, help Khabbab. Oh Allah, help Khabbab. Right after the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam made his dua, 
for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to help this poor person. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala caused this woman to have a disease in her head. Afflicted her with a disease in her head. They said she used to howl like a dog at night. She used to howl like a dog at night. And she went to doctors and she told him that. She told him about her, her station and they told her, there is no medications for you. There's no pills that we can, we can give you. The only thing, the only solution for you, the only cure for you is curization. So now she does not need a doctor. She doesn't need pills. She needs a blacksmith. She betook herself willingly to Khabab, begging him to burn her. Be aware of the oppressed supplication. The one that you run, the one you oppress. When you go when you go at night, when you go home and you think that everything is okay. Well think again. Because that person you have wrong, maybe he or she is standing before Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Asking Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to take revenge from you. Khabab, during the time of Sayyidina Umar ibn Khattab, he asked him, Ya Khabab, tell me what did these people do to you? And he took his shirt off. And he looked at his back and he turned around and he said, Wallah, I've never seen something like that. He said his back was full of holes, holes in his back. He said, Ya Amir al-Mu'mineen, Wallahi, they used to bring rocks, small rocks, and used to light it, and used to cook me in these rocks, and used to press on my chest, and the only thing that would come off the ground is my body, and the only thing that would put out the fire of these rocks is my fat. These people were not big guys, they were not big guys. But they had big hearts. They were the strongest when it comes to the commands of Allah. Nowadays we have big guys. But the big guys, they do it always for the wrong reason. All these people that we have out there, who are trying to destroy the humanity, trying to destroy our world. These people who are preparing the earth for the Dajjal to come, because that's their Lord. All these economic powers, who want to just like keep you asleep. And they're afraid of the day that you wake up. They're afraid of that day that comes when you wake up. They want to keep you in that state, a state of heedlessness. Look at Mus'ab ibn Umayr radiallahu Mus'ab, that the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said about Mus'ab, I have never seen someone who was brought out with affection and love as this man. He lived a life of luxury. He became a Muslim when he was 19 years old. He was the only son. He was loved dearly by his parents. He used to bring him clothes from Syria and clothes from, from Yemen. And he used to buy the most expensive horses. 19 years old when he heard about the message of Islam, when he heard about the words of God, when he, when he heard the message of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, he changed. He changed. He changed everything in his life, brothers and sisters. 19 years old. He wore uh, Gucci and Armani. He gets his uh, clothes from Paris and Rome. He, he rides a, a Ferrari and Lamborghini. How many people actually would, would actually pay attention to God if they are in the age of 19 years old? They're just 19 years old. 
19 years old. He refused all that. He refused all that. 19 years old in this, in the age that we live in, it's called a kid. He's just a kid. No, if you're 19 years old, you're not a kid. If you're 18 years old, you're not a kid. If you're 16 years old, not a kid. You're a man. You're a man and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala expecting you to, to behave like a man. Al-Arqam ibn Abi Al-Arqam, the first place that the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi met with his companions in Mecca was in the, in the, in the house of Al-Arqam. He was 16 years old. He was 16 years old. You know, so don't listen to all these people to tell you, you're not a kid. If you're 19 years old, you're not a kid. All you need to do is just look at the companions of Rasulullah But nowadays we have all these people, you know, they behave just like what others tell them. They tell you to wear long heels. I'm wearing long heels. Wear baggy, wear baggy. Wear tights, you wear tights. Have no personality whatsoever. Do this, I'm going to do it. Where the Palestinian is carved. It's cool now to have a Palestinian scarf. No, it's, it's cool. People have forgot about Palestine. People don't know anything about Palestine, but the Palestinian is carved. Because it's in fashion. That's a disaster. Wallahi, it's a disaster. These are the people of Rasulullah the Messenger of Allah's companion. These people are graduated from the school of the Messenger of Allah. From someone who was brought by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, raised by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Just think about how would, why didn't they do that? Where did they get this power and strength? Some of these people were only Muslims for a year or two. Some of them were even Muslims for a few months. How come? Where did they get this strength? They graduated from the from the school of the Messenger of Allah sallallahu They had faith, brothers and sisters. And when you have faith, faith gathers your affairs. Faith removes all this uh, corruption. They remove from your soul. When you have faith, faith will push out all any corruption in your heart. It will remove the sadness, the depression. It will give you a, a peace of mind. It will give you a sense of, 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 uh, a sense of purpose and direction. As one of the shiuch said, he said, in the heart of every human being there is a sense, there is a sense of scattering, which cannot be brought together, except by turning to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. In the heart of every human being there is a sense of anxiety, which cannot be removed, except by fleeing to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. In the heart of every human being, there is a sense of regret, which cannot be removed but by being pleased with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. The Messenger of Allah, listen carefully, this is, this is what happened. The Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wasallam removed the blindfold. The Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wasallam removed the rust of these people's mind and hearts. And he made him aware of, of the reality of this life. The Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wasallam gave him a choice between the lowly gods and between the only one God. The Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wasallam gave him a choice between immorality and having good character. The Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wasallam trained his people very well. The Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wasallam trained him to follow, to follow the way of the previous prophets and their followers. And how they, how they patiently endured punishment and torture for the cause of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. 
The Messenger of Allah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam He trained his people to be attached Not to this life Not to this life But what Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala has promised him The Messenger of Allah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam Brothers and sisters trained him to be positive About the future This is what happened This is how they became very strong brothers and sisters This is how they became so strong. Sometimes nowadays, as I said earlier, when you ask a Muslim, why not, why not Muslims are the only persecuted people in the world right now? And some people, or most of the people, they say it's just because we're Muslims. We could be right. But it's not the only reason. Because when you look at these people, when you look at them, when you look at their solution, they're not looking for the solution in the book of Allah. They're not looking in their solution in the, in the sunnah and the teachings of the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. They're looking at the solution at somebody else's philosophy or somebody else's ideology. Wallahi, wallahi, the only reason that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will give us honor is when we learn the book of Allah. Is we, when we look for a solution in the book of Allah and in the teachings of our Messenger sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Because these people, they didn't live too long in persecution. They only lived there for maybe five or six years. After that, they were the leaders of the world. Read history. Read history. It's amazing. It's amazing when you read, when you read about them. It's amazing when you read about Sa'd ibn Abi Waqas. He was persecuted. They said that one time he went out to, to urinate because he was in that, um, embargo. He was in that segregation. We asked Muslims were in segregation for three years. Kids died. Muslims ate grass. They lead ate dirt. During the time of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, Sa'af said one time he went to urinate, and when it was urinating, and heard a cracking sound, and I'm looking, it was a piece of a skin of a dead camel. He said, they took it and cleaned it, and that was my dinner for three nights. But later on, he became Sa'af, the great warrior. Did you can find him, you can find his names now in the books of history. Books of history are written by non-Muslim historians. Praising somebody like Sa'ad. Praising someone like Qabbab. So remember, next time brothers and sisters, because this is what I'm afraid of. I'm afraid that these people will witness against us in the last day. I'm afraid that Qabbab will come in the last day. When Bilal comes in the last day, and will say, what did you do for Islam? Because what he did was not only for myself, what he did was also for you. So that you can be here right now, sitting in this gathering, sitting in this beautiful machine. You don't have it. There's nobody waiting for you outside to kill you or persecute you or any, do anything or any harm to you. I'm afraid that Chabab will show us our back and say, what did you do? Look at my back. I did this for you. What did you do for, the, for Islam, for the religion of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? These people, brothers and sisters, they left a legacy. Their lives were legacy. What did we leave? What are we going to leave after, after we die? You know, the Messenger of Allah وسلم, said, when a person, when the son of Adam dies, he's either When the son of Adam dies, he's either relieved from people or people relieved from him. Which of those do you want to be? Rasulullah taught these people how to leave a legacy. And think about this and ask yourself, do you want to be remembered after your death? Or is it going to be like he was a good guy or she was a good woman? What are you going to leave? Really, what are you going to leave? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in the Quran about a group of people, فَمَا بَكَتْ عَلَيْهِمُ السَّمَاوَاتُ وَالْأَرْضِ Neither heaven nor earth shed a tear over their loss. 
Because the sinner, when there's a sinner, the trees and the mountains will make dua against him. Seriously, animals will make dua against him. So which of those would you like to be? أقول قولي هذا واستغفر الله لي ولكم. الحمد لله والصلاة والسلام على رسول الله وعلى آله وصحبه ومن ولاه. Brothers and sisters, Ibn Qayyim rahimahullah mentioned a story between a camel and a donkey. They met one another. And the donkey said to the camel, Why is it when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala makes a mention of you in the Quran, He's always talking about great people, people who, who possess beautiful qualities and determination and people of motivation. And when he speaks about me, he's always talking about the people who did the weak people, people who don't have that zeal. And the camel said, because when I walk, I look forward. But when you walk, you look at your feet. Which means that I'm a far-sighted person, that I always look for the future. I'm always positive about the future, that I have plans in my mind, that I'm going to struggle to fulfill these plans and leave a legacy. أقول قولي هذا واستغفر الله لي ولكم اللهم اغفر لنا ذنوبنا وصرفنا في أمرنا ثبت قدمنا وانصرنا على قوم الكافرين اللهم اجعل هذا الجمع جمع مرحومة تفرقنا بعده تفرق معصومة ولا تجعل فينا ولا حولنا ولا شقيا ولا محرومة اللهم فرج هم المهمومين من المسلمين اللهم فرج هم المهمومين من المسلمين ارفع الضر عن المتضررين وفك أسر المأسورين ورحم موتانا وموت المسلمين واشف مرضانا ومرضى المسلمين اللهم من ولي من أمر المسلمين أمرا فرفق بهم فرفق به ومن يشتد عليهم فاشتد عليه والله يعسي to pardon our shortcomings and forgive our mistakes والله يعسي to protect us from anxiety and grief والله يعسي to protect us from laziness and inability والله يعسي to place light in our hearts and make us sources of light آمين 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 سبحان ربك رب العزة عما صفون وسلام على المرسلين الحمد لله رب العالمين وآخر الصلاة